This morning's Dharma talk is titled, Without Status. Without Status. Status or uh, your place, anyone's place in any given hierarchy is, sets itself up as a status. The so status quo of ego is me, my stuff, my ideas, my concepts, my opinions, uh, what's happening to me, what's right, what's wrong, what people think of me, what I think of other people, what I know, what I don't know, what I'm feeling, all of the different things that we, it's like little tiny mini conclusions we're jumping to all the time, status. This uh, particular without status is what I'm saying that you don't need that. Not that it can't, uh, that it cannot come up situationally where uh, in my situation, I come in here, sit down, I function as a Dharma teacher. Why? Because I studied this for a long time and uh, I have students, at least for the next 45 minutes. Uh, when you leave here, do whatever you want. And I also say often, and if you don't understand what I'm saying here, you could ask questions. Rarely am I asked questions when I say about, when I say, don't believe a word I say. I say that almost in every talk I give because I want you to see this yourself. I don't need any followers. Go follow something else. Go follow me. I'm not going anywhere. The ninth century uh, Chinese master, Linji, um, had a teaching called uh, the true man of no true man of no rank. I think it was uh, he. Uh, one of the images he used, I think, was like a, a puppet, someone behind uh, controlling the puppet. That the the true man of no rank is actually controlling uh, the puppet or uh, marionette. Works a little bit. I'm not disagreeing with him. I just think that the image is uh, misleading. It's even worse than that. It's even better than that. You don't need a position. You don't need you don't need it to actually function to fix your breakfast or go for a walk or name your parrot. Do you have a parrot? Anyone here have a parrot? Not sure where that came up. You know what parrots are red birds with green stripes? Go ahead, correct me. <laughs> See what that gets you. <laughs> So without status, in other words, you can get up and you can walk from your house to your car or you can go to your job or you can go brush your teeth without being somebody who's doing something without when something comes up without attaching any idea or interpretation or concept or naming or post-it notes, anything on anything. Don't do anything. How do you learn to do that? You learn to do that by far as I'm concerned, I'm not saying there isn't another way. There's probably an app for it. I wouldn't do that. I'm going to, the next talk I'm going to give is without apps. <laughs> <laughs> Some apps are okay. Other apps, terrible. So how do you learn to do that? Sit down, hold still, and watch the way you keep grasping at status, at some kind of idea, some kind of, some, we need some kind of a something to let, reaffirm our what? Beliefs, thoughts, ideas, emotions, things that are coming and going. You don't need that. You're much better off, uh, as you've probably heard your mom say, without that. You don't need to do that. I'm not your mom. Can we function like that? Can we actually function to just be very, very uh, situationally pragmatic about everything? It's not not going beyond that. Just the first, first uh, as Trunk Rinpoche said, first thought, best thought. He wasn't saying first thought, best thought. It was just a way of directing you. Just like Lin Chi in the ninth century, 
uh, doing some of the things that he did. I guess he hit people and I mean, hit people, yeah, but probably won't hit anybody, his peers, apparently. Doesn't matter. So what you could do first is actually look at the way in which you're possibly grasping at a status or an idea about yourself, who you are. Sometimes we hear in conversation, if we're getting to know someone, someone will tell us who they are by saying, uh, well, I'm the kind of person who never eats donuts in the morning, always in the afternoon, always never have a donut in the morning. Just my kind of morning diet. We're always grasping at some kind of ideation or some kind of concept or construct that supports us as the person that you're listening to that is talking to you. Thinking, you're thinking, oh, what, what are you thinking about what I'm thinking about what you're thinking that we were thinking? You had those kind of conversations. You wouldn't describe it like that because the individual person who's talking to another individual person, you are not the person you think you are. You're not even the person you think you aren't. You don't have a position. If you realize this, without status. It's without status. It's conscious. The idea of attachment and detachment, you should ask questions about that if you're confused about attachment. You don't have to detach from anything. You do not have to let go of anything. It may be better not to let go. Get rid of the clinging. This is materialism. This is a, it's not incorrect. It's just a, a, a lower level uh, seventh or eighth grade approach to this. I'm teaching at two levels nursery school and nah, that, that'd be too much status, wouldn't it? I won't say that. So I don't know what I'm doing. I, I get what I'm doing from who I'm talking to. When I see this many people, uh, I don't know what the hell to say. Uh, there's going to be for the number of people that are in here, which is what, 25 or something, 20? Um, or uh, who knows how many people are watching here? Maybe six, maybe more, maybe less. So anyone who gives a, a Dharma talk out of their understanding of what this is about for the last 2,500 years is going to be misunderstood, misappropriated, or misinterpreted uh, by anyone who is in such a way that uh, the misinterpretations are minimized. However, if I talk to you personally face-to-face, not speaking just for myself, but probably for anyone who does something similar to this, it's going to be directed to you personally. And it may not sound like anything that I'm saying here at all. So the way to work with this idea uh, without status is to first look at just uh, look at the way you're positioning yourself. Um, this is one of the reasons why when people receive vows, we, I, change your name to something else, give you a, a name that reflects, it could reflect a, uh, um, your your ability, your skill, your understanding, your clarity, and it could also uh, reflect your inability, your craziness, and your insanity, and your total worthlessness. Is that helpful? No. You probably wouldn't go the negative way, unless unless uh, that's the only way it's going to would work for you. And so, I'm just saying, making a recommendation that you, as you, if you're a meditator, if you're in here, you probably do meditate some. Sit down, hold still, hold everything still that you can. Simply put, sit in a symmetrical posture because the body and mind are not two separate things. They're not even slightly separate things. You can't have a mind without a body. You can't have a body without a mind unless you do. Simply put, sit down, hold still, sit symmetrical, symmetrically. Uh, you could do it this way. This is a little bit too casual, although I did this for many decades. I think this is uh, this is how I started. This is a uh, probably a good way to finish. Left over right, thumb slightly touching, forming an oval 
I mean, you could sit like this. You could sit like this. Mm -hmm. Sit like this. Might be more strenuous. This is a pretty good one. You don't have to hold it up here in your so-called hot up. You can actually just relax. As long as it's symmetrical, not casual. No. Just meditating. Watching the river flow. No. Sit like this. Then the consciousness, what we call the mind of the consciousness, will it'll weave back and forth and it'll go this way and it'll go that way. Go up and down and back and forth, turn red, turn blue, get rough, get smooth. It'll do all kinds of various things. But eventually, over time, it just gets worn out, fooling around, going here, going there, looking for everything else. And eventually, it comes and just like clouds, they are like birds. It comes and it rests on the mountain. They use a, a strong image, mountain. Most of the people, a lot of people in here have mountain names. I have a mountain name. Sit down, hold still, just observe. In this way, the, the crazy, wild, uh, discursive and, and um, uh, self-deceptive mind eventually comes to rest. You just kind of wear it out. When it looks like off the cushion, we're just kind of spinning that whole situation mm -hmm. around again and everything kicks back up. How can things fundamentally settle down if we keep just stirring them back up? You just watch the stirring. Don't, don't do what's commonly called post-meditation or some kind of activity to control, do something with your mind as you're acting and you know, chopping the vegetables or mowing the lawn or painting the roof or whatever you're doing. Don't do anything with it. Just watch it. And watch the confusion. It, it's not up to you. There's nothing to correct. You're not correct. If you start correcting things, it's going to spin because what will happen? You'll get better. See how I smile? I'm getting better. And then you get worse. And then you try to figure out why didn't that work? And then maybe I'm doing meditation wrong or we can go on. I can go on and on and bore you to death with all the different things that can come up when things go haywire, when we feel bad, when we've been practicing for maybe years. And then one day we awaken. No, not that kind of awakening. One day we awaken, pardon me, and we feel like crap. We get up and we, and we what do we do instead of saying, what is this? What is, what is this feeling? Just what? What is it? Instead of we, we immediately abandon, abandon that and go into why. And we, anything we can do, because that gives you a little bit of relief from the texture of the, what, what we would commonly call or often call or uh, depression or just anxiety or just sadness. Don't, don't abandon. Don't miss your life. If something comes to you in the morning and is served to you, eat, receive. Most important part of generosity is receiving, not giving. Unless I say it is. And, you, you know, you only got a half an hour left to listen to me. And you can do whatever you want. Yes. How can we come back to the what if the why is choiceless? You don't know. You don't know that it's choiceless. If you don't know that, then you still make choices. So go ahead and make a choice. Go ahead. So if why keeps rearing its head and you don't want it to, how is that not choiceless? Just change the next two letters or three letters. W-H-A-T. Give it a hat. Take the Y and give it a hat. H-A-T. Take the Y and put a hat on it. So it's a what question. I know it's silly, but it might work. It might work to actually get you to look at what this is rather than why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? What do you think, Vern? You might have a friend named Vern. And Vern will say, you know what I think you need to do is take more ibuprofen. <laughs> I wouldn't swallow it, though. I'd shoot it up. You could try it. The person would say, it worked for my mother. How's your mother doing? 
she passed away. <laughs> I mean, you know, people are always, I say, don't experiment. Please don't experiment. If you're in this room, you're ready to hear this. You might not be ready to proceed and do what I'm saying. But you're probably ready to hear something like that is as simple as first, don't believe what I say. But if you're here, you might want to not ignore it. You might want to give me the benefit of the doubt. Since I'm a crazy person, uh, born insane, uh, was raised by insane people, as, as you all were. You remember that? <laughs> and then and here we are still, you know, still crazy after all these years. So, uh, but what's important is not to, not to abandon what approaches. Don't miss your life. Please don't miss your life. Just be, be genuine. Just be whatever this is. That's what it is. You don't have to improve. You don't have to be more mindful. Ridiculous statement. But wasn't ridiculous to me for several decades. Sit down, hold very still, and look at the conflict, look at the distress, look at the confusion, look at the spinning, watch it, watch it, watch it. Don't, don't have a grasp onto it. Don't use uh, different kinds of techniques to change it or soften it or push it down, unless I say so. When I say that, I'm joking. But on the other hand, there are things that one person may, uh, let me say it this way, I might have one person following their breath Actually, instead of just watching what moves, which is shikantaza, to actually go in and use a specific way of working with their mind, which might be just following the breath. Now, someone else I might uh, have uh, sitting less. I might stop someone from sitting. I have. I've told students to don't sit anymore for a month or two. Don't meditate. And other people I've said, you need to go into, into retreat immediately. Anybody here that I've told to do that? I never can remember so it's not about correcting something or fixing something or straightening something up. Uh, you could say it's about clarifying. So in order to clarify, what do you have to do? You have to actually look at that which is not clear. So if you say why, you're going to abandon the very awareness situation that is your life showing up as this karma, this action, this uh, presentation of life as your thoughts uh, first thing in the morning or your thoughts uh, at noon. There they are. Don't do anything with them. Don't achieve anything. I used to be this way, but now I got it together. I'm even teaching classes on getting it together class. You don't need to get anything together. That's a hippie expression. Get it together. Don't do it. <laughs> Question from Sato. Sato. She's off in the dissonance. And she's going to help you. Yes, Sato. When I catch myself frequently grabbing for that status, what am I supposed to be learning from seeing that? Just see that it's unreal, that it's just uh, just a position that the, con the consciousness, the awareness is able to do amazing uh, things in terms of getting together and making something, forming something. Emptiness becomes form. Form becomes emptiness. They're not two separate things. They just look like it. So just, just observe it. Say to just sit down. If it's happening facing a wall, just observe. Add nothing. And there's no no more ingredients. Just observe. Just receive whatever's happening. If you're off the cushion, if you're uh, in the kitchen or going out to the to your car, or doing some other mundane thing that we would do every day, just observe. No math. Do do no math at all. No adding things up to get to something else to get to a result. You were talking about going into a negative situation with what instead of why. And like Kozan was saying, I noticed a lot of times I uh, just default to the why and, and see like kind of how I'm relatively causing this. But then it seems like 
when I endeavor not to do that, it kind of goes the other way and it, and it seems to substantiate it and becomes more and more um, real feeling. And I'm wondering if, if you could say more about how we can be as direct as possible with that emotion. It sounds like you're doing it, but what you're adding on is you're, you're, uh, you're not trusting yourself. When I say trust yourself, which I don't say that often, but in that situation, you're, you have, uh, you're, you're coming up with presumptions about uh, there should be more come out of that. I should get somewhere out of it, but actually you're, uh, this is how the, this is how the status is bleached out. And it's, and, and what happens and that starts to get faded or dim. We want to crank it up with an accomplishment, or at least I understand this. Well, I used to do this, but now I'm, so be genuine, be who you are, have the emotions and feelings that you're having, whatever they are, just don't do anything with them. Don't, uh, I sometimes say, and I've said in the past, I'm saying, no, don't hook up your vocal cords just because you're angry, but don't get rid of the anger. Don't get rid of the frustration. Just don't yell unless you do yell. And then don't, don't add a bunch of thoughts to, the, to that. Like I shouldn't have yelled. Go ahead. What comes up when I look at the, how you frequency going with the what question, yep. it's just never felt like, I'm getting what you're saying. It's never quite like how I feel like it should be. No. Yeah, that's fine. Just keep doing that. I'm not. Jo- I'm not joking about it. Just, it's it's uh, the image I would use there is um, you're talking to someone who uh, goes up and down on a mountain all day long. So I know about the mountain. You're halfway up the mountain. Uh, maybe not that. Far. Maybe you're like 15 or 20 paces up the side. It's starting to get steep. And you're starting to realize there's such a thing as gravity, which you've been able to ignore on flat ground, status quo, status quo, status quo. You start to go up this mountain, you're going to start to feel the pull back to materialism, back to spiritual materialism, back to psychological materialism, back, back to political materialism, on and on and on, back to fixing cars, which you don't want to do anymore, not busters. So, but you're going up. So here's who you're talking to someone uh, who might sound like I'm painting a status for myself, but in order to teach, um, status shows up. I'm not saying get rid of status, just be aware of the status and notice how people just in a conversation with anybody give you a status. If you're their son, you're their, that's the status. If you're their daughter, their mother, their, or their Dharma teacher. Go ahead. You have a question? Can you bring too much awareness into conversations or just anything? How do you mean too much awareness? You have like a bag of awareness. <laughs> Get rid of the bag. Just leave it on the side of the mountain. As far as bringing awareness, uh, I'm I'm going to kind of interpret what you're saying. I'm thinking you're saying you're talking to someone, or you're having a conversation, and you're being you're not thinking so much about what you're going to say or what they're going to say, but you're you're just more aware of the space around the whole thing. Am I being too exotic? No. To answer your question, no. Yeah. You say a lot lead with your awareness. Can you do that on purpose? Somewhat. It, it's, uh, you can't actually extend the awareness. Awareness doesn't belong to anyone. Uh, awareness, the focus of it, uh, it has, a, has a, an identity in that you can focus on the computer. You can focus on the, the kotsu. You can focus on the flowers or the Buddha figure. So you can focus. So there's some of that going on. But awareness doesn't have, a, doesn't have a, an owner. So you say that you can focus. How come in meditation we don't train in focusing? Because you, you don't need training in it. You sit down and look at the wall. You're going to focus on the bumps. You're going to think that's cottage cheese. And then f- eventually you'll start to have little stories about what 
this bump looks like a, a snowman and and then this looks like that and then you'll you look at you know focus on uh, the focus will go all over the place and eventually the wall becomes so boring that you start to focus on your daydreams more about that go down why, why wouldn't we just focus on the bump you can do whatever you want the, the, what I say is, uh, is the main, main maintenance of that is trying. Then we're getting into some kind of trying to be more mindful, more, more, more. Uh, there are a lot of people teach this way. My teacher taught that way. <clears throat> taught Chine. He didn't start out that way. Everybody started out with no no technique, and then he realized I'm probably going to have to teach these guys what to do. At least my initial instruction was I didn't get anything except sit down and sit there. I didn't get anything in 1973? Yes, sir. Yes, the awareness is just more of a guidance in the direction in where you're headed or where you're going. Mm, so simple uh, way of talking about it. Uh, awareness is the space in which things or thoughts or phenomena or occurrences happen. So just like my hand is moving in the space of this room, my awareness, uh, and so far there is a, a mind, is looking at people, receiving how people look, and maybe there might be some addition like looking, I would see you have an H on your shirt, and I assume that stands for Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Keep coming. Ask ask more about that. It's a good one. I think it would be, do we have to react to what we observe? No. If you have a reaction, a reaction is usually something that happens without, like, I, it isn't something like, well, you know, I think I'm going to react to that. It's more like we just react. Re something happens and we react. Whereas actually, you could, uh, when something happens, the training uh, that, uh, that I encourage here is to just receive. Give everything your attention, every one of your sense fields, including uh, the mind and whatever's happening in any one of those. Just don't object. Don't agree. Don't do anything with it. If you do nothing with it, then the karma that brought you into this world is starting to show up. Something you've probably been avoiding. I certainly avoided mine for as long as I could. Didn't I managed to not end up killing myself. I'm serious. It was a it was a big event there where that did not occur. So I'm saying just receive, be generous, give everything your attention. And whatever's happening, add nothing to it. No status. I'm not the person who's receiving anything. I'm not the person who's becoming more enlightened. I'm not the person who I'm not the person who's sitting up here. I don't know who this is. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do this if I had some kind of positionality. And you wouldn't even listen to me. Uh, in my my uh, ego personality uh, would be nauseating. Full of myself, full of myself. I'm still full of myself. It's just that I know about it. I couldn't teach if I became better. If I improved and became, you know, then I could teach in a different way. Then I would have followers. I don't have followers. Most of the people that are interested in what I have to say are, don't want a follower or they don't want a leader. They don't want a boss. They don't want a guru. People teach different ways. I teach to a couple dozen people and that's good for me. Yes. Question from... Vishal in San Jose. Vishal. Could you please elaborate on look at the texture? Does that mean I have to look for background or peace in chaos to find something? No. Background or chaos or peace are concepts about something. It's a, anytime you have a thought about something, it's a concept. And so to look at the texture is to not know what you're looking at. It's like, it's like looking at carpeting with no pattern. It's like you're looking at the texture of it. It's like looking at when emotions arise, uh, um, just to use a, a, a common example that people know about and sometimes experience, they, they immediately name 
uh, it can't handle the texture of it because if you name it, then you get to back away from the texture. It doesn't feel quite so prickly or quite so abrasive. And that would be depression. When depression arises, don't abandon that. Receive that feeling, generosity. Receive that. Uh, I can say this in a very literal way. You got it coming. Anything that's happening to you, uh, uh, you got it coming. I'm not saying you're to blame or you're getting your due uh, reward or, or your karma, your karma is coming back. That would be too literal. But whatever is happening is needs to happen in order for you to see fundamentally who you are. The indigenous people knew this. Chief Joseph of the Nez Perce knew this. Lots of other people knew this. They weren't even Buddhist. So the texture is is looking at something that has a mealing, uh, a feeling component more than likely. And if you know what it is, then you abandon the texture. If you have no idea what it is, but you feel it, then this is this is getting closer to the uh, to the true Dharma eye, the true intuition that sees uh, sees that there isn't anything but the Buddha. There isn't anything that is sleeping anywhere. Everything is awake. Don't believe a word I say. Don't ignore it. Don't believe it. Find out. Find out yourself so you know. So you never have to listen to this old man again. You can live your life. This foot, that foot. As it said, it said in the Zen tradition, chop wood, carry water. You can actually function without the without the compromise of maybe I'm doing something wrong. or maybe, Those thoughts, can they can't find anyone that believes them. You might still have thoughts of, uh, I'm screwing everything up. I can't get any right. They might come and go. But they can't find someone who's the owner of that thought. It's, uh, what was it? I can't remember. The, the, um, some writer wrote a book I call, I think it's called Thoughts Without a Thinker or something like that. So there's, there's something to that kind of a metaphor. The thoughts are there, but they can't, they don't have, there's no identity that is claiming them or getting nourished by them. Yes. Question from Greg in the UK. Greg in the UK. Experiencing seemingly meaningful coincidences, is it possible that we are actually getting guidance non-physically? Or is that just adding on magical thinking? The, the first thing that you said, uh, was it Greg? Yeah, the, the first thing is, is it possible? Yeah, I think that's possible. But what you said after that is uh, then you, you've abandoned what happened. Don't believe, don't disbelieve. It's possible to do that. You don't have to believe things or disbelieve. It's much easier if you don't have beliefs, if your mind isn't, if you aren't filtering, or filtering everything out with your beliefs or disbeliefs. Don't believe, don't disbelieve, and certainly don't disregard or look away. Look at everything. If you have any kind of belief going on, any kind of disbelief going on, that that causes ignorance to come up to protect you from that. So don't don't take no position without status. No status. You don't know who you are. You don't know where you're going. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. But also don't grasp that not knowing. Just nothing else. Nothing else. So that kind of a example. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn away from, from that. And I would not, you know, if you feel like you're, there's a Trump or Rinpoche, you would call it auspicious coincidence when two things would come together uh, at a, just the right time. That almost seemed like somebody must have choreographed this. It's just amazing the way that came together. But that we're adding that on because we, we ignore magic. We think there's only once in a while magic arises. And then we realize that everything is magical. Everything is a sacred world all the time. And it gets kind of boring. Everything is so outrageously present. So the idea about something coming or some kind of happenings that is a message from the beyond or, or from the, the beings from the 
Andromeda galaxy. Is that a galaxy? Andromeda? Or is it a, yeah. You know? Oh. The way you're smiling, I thought you knew something. <laughs> Anybody know if that's a galaxy or not? Huh? Okay, good. Well, if Robert thinks so, it probably is. <laughs> so whatever arises, don't look away from it. Don't, don't necessarily grasp at it as being true or try to sort it out. Let it be what it is. Respect, respect the confusion in your mind, in your own mind, and the confusion in other people's minds. Correct no one unless they give you permission. Unless they come and say, "Help me with this," and you say, "What can I do?" Say, "Well, you could listen to me." Then you could listen. You have a question? Go ahead. I've been trying to formulate the question for quite a while now, but just by just by receiving in a situation, let, let's say it's in. You know, it's not a good situation. I know exactly. In danger. Huh? A person is dangerous? Let's say a, a, a person is in danger. Is it you or someone else? Someone else. Okay. And you're and you're observing the situation. Gotcha. Go ahead. You're dealing with the karma or whatever. You are. Let's say, and how can that skill improve that situation? Okay. You ready? Yes. Okay. It's very... It's, you use the word situation. I'm going to use it too. It's very situational. There's no protocol that I can have. This is what you should do. So I can't respond that way. You know that. But what I can say is if you're, if you've been practicing being in the situation of sitting down, holding still and observing what is happening, you're, obs you're observing the world, your idea of the world in the form of your own mind coming, you're sitting, you get your own mind training, you're training your mind to see clearly through the concepts, the ideas that are perpetuated and generated by hope and fear, hope for something good and fear for something terrible. You're actually training your mind so that when you get up off the cushion and go into what we call post-meditation, there's no status. There's no, there's a, a true man or a woman or a person with no status, no positionality. That way, when you're walking around in the world that way, you're going to look like anybody else, maybe even more like uh, nobody, more beige or violet pink, whatever, here you are, and you're functioning. And if something comes up where someone is in danger, because of your, your not being controlled any longer by hope and fear, by success and failure, you can see fundamentally what that relative situation is. And you already know whether you have permission to step into that and help that person in such a way, or you know, whether you are able to walk in and take the stick away from a person who's beating a dog. I'm just using that as an example. Or you see, you know, if a, a, ch a child running out between two cars, you don't, you don't need to, hmm, maybe I should check with their parents before they save their life. I'm being silly, but I'm saying it, it's like that. And it's very similar when you see someone that is in danger in some way, very situational. And as long as you've been training your mind to be aware and not jump to conclusions or jump to why, 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 and you see what that is, then the elaborations, uh, considerations, uh, and conceptualizations that are arising with that situation are clear to you. Not as the truth, not as, not as lies, just that situation. So then, because you're clear, because the awareness with you as a human being, as uh, Ed, you're here and you see it, and you, you're able to function spontaneously, accurately. And uh, in other words, you, ha you have permission from uh, not from somebody saying, yeah, go do it, but or, or from yourself, but you see it so clearly that you're able to um, either either observe, either walk away from it because it's none of your business, there's nothing you have any say-so about, 
or step right into it or some other something else I haven't even mentioned more. Well, it seems like some situations is is uh, can, are handled spontaneously. Yes. Others seem to require skillfulness. Skillfulness. Spontaneity can be skillful, but uh, it's the impulsiveness that is based on being afraid if you don't do something, or be uh, being afraid that what they will think if you don't do something. We 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 continually abandon what's happening for some kind of ideation around that, which could be some kind of a status idea about who we are. I need to fix this. Some people live their whole life just trying to be a person who's helpful rather than actually see who they are. They try to pretend and encourage their ego mind to be a helpful, need to be less egotistical. Sometimes people say this to me, I'm so egotistical. And I say, that's a start. You start with that. You don't have to get rid of that. If you, if you, if you think you need to get rid of your ego, uh, this is very circular. You can spend the rest of your life trying not to be egotistical and trying to be helpful. Not wrong. It's just that it's circular. You're going to be back uh, in 100 years. You're going to be right back at this again. Uh, you might be you're living in Arkansas and you might be a uh, have a pomegranate farm. I mean, you might be doing any different thing and be a different sex, a different uh, status, a cultural uh, status, but you'll be back. Not wrong. That's also uh, even the circularity is just just a manifestation. But you could be fundamentally helpful by not interfering and making things worse for people. And in order to do that, you really have to be able to see a really big picture. And the only place you're going to find a big picture, as far as I can see, is to look at the wall and see a real tiny picture called me, me, me and my stuff, me and my status, me and how I'm doing. Am I good? Am I bad? How do people think? What do people think of me? Am I doing OK? Am I making a fool of myself? Am I a fool? Do I need to make a fool of myself? Should I be more foolish? Should I be less foolish? I mean, on and on and on. You, know, you guys know. Um, yes, thank you. You said even circularity is just a manifestation. What is it a manifestation of? Circles. Sometimes pronounced kirkles if you're a child. Go further than that. This is MSW. <laughs> <laughs> Circles manifesting circles. Is that what you? Well, they're going to proliferate. Now, if you start to go around, then everyone else around you will will do will try to do the same thing, going in circles because it looks like a protocol for how to live your life. Going circles, feeling better, feeling worse, feeling better, feeling worse, doing better, doing worse. You don't have to. You don't have to necessarily do that. You can see what that is and not not participate. This doesn't mean you're ignoring it. It doesn't mean you're necessarily stepping out of it. You might step. You, the, the freedom, the quality of freedom there is not freedom from something, not freedom to do something. It's fundamental freedom, which means um, you don't care if you're in a circle. You don't know. You don't care if you're in a, in a, in a fist fight. Uh, you don't care if you're, you don't care fundamentally. It's not a, it's not a dismissive kind of not caring. It's a fundamental understanding of the nature of, of this realm, this human realm that you've been born into which is one of the six realms. You're in this human realm. Be here. Wake up. See who you are. You're not separate from anything anywhere, nor are you the same as anything anywhere. More? Less? <laughs> yeah. Question again from Vishal in San Jose. Yes, Vishal in San Jose. Can the thought, who is thinking this thought, be used to make sure we are looking at thoughts and not adding? Who is looking at it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a traditional way 
uh, the, the, the sage of the last century, uh, Ramana Maharshi, used that as an actual technique to teach his uh, students. It's called Atma Vichara, or self-inquiry. Who is this? Who is this? And uh, I'm this person, and who is that? And uh, who's, feel who's having this feeling? And, uh, and, and a, a kind of uh, um, a puja or sadhana where you're just constantly looking at the self-centered, looking at the two pronouns, the me feeling, me, me and my stuff, me and my status, uh, me and my ideas, my opinions, my beliefs, my, my pain, my suffering, my difficulty, my depression, and I, me and I. Look, what's behind that? Who's saying that? Who's claiming that? So, yes, I would say that could be used. I don't teach it as a direct teaching, but I do sometimes talking to a person if they tell me what's happening when they're facing the wall, especially if it's somebody who's been facing a wall for years and years and it's still uh, spinning, then I might recommend that they go into that. But I don't recommend it as a fundamental teaching. What I recommend as a fundamental teaching is shikantaza. Sit down, hold still, just receive through all the sense fields and particularly and, uh, the, the mind. Whatever's arising in any one of the sense fields. Uh, did I just actually then make the sign of the cross? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's from watching two popes last night. I think I got it backwards. It's supposed to be this way, and then no. So, so I would teach that specifically individually. But uh, since uh, Vishal is bringing this up, I would think probably should do that for a while. It's showing up. Who is this? Who is this? Who am I? And when something comes back, who is that? And then when something comes back, who is that? So don't settle. Further question? Who's your guy? How do we see our thoughts as confusion? I feel like a lot of the times I think the thoughts are fine and that like I believe it or I feel tricked, I guess. That's awareness. It's just you're on the side of the mountain and you, you, you thought the path went this way and it didn't. That was a sinkhole. And then you walked over here. You thought there was an opening there and there wasn't a branch hit you in the eye to use those. You know, or you think there's one arrow and there's two. And they right in your ears. <laughs> so it's just about awareness. It's not about graduating into some kind of situation that is beyond the difficulty you're having. That difficulty is whatever you look at is the Buddha, is the awake is, is the awakened one, not particularly a an individual guy. He's long gone. But what he pointed at was uh, everything's dependently risen. You don't have to join this. This is not a club. There's nothing to join. There's no membership here. There are people who make a strong commitment out of there. It's their business. to make, I'll help people make that commitment if they need to. If they don't need to make the commitment, do whatever you want. Um, go have a good time. But as far as uh, your question, I would say whatever is arising, that is, that's what you should look at. That is, your, that is a Dharma gate. That's a, Dharma means the truth or the law or, the, or what it actually is. Uh, there's a, the, the three bodies, the Dharmakaya, Sambhogakaya, uh, Nirmanakaya. This is the physical bodies in Nirmanakaya. What is happening in the mind is the Sambhogakaya, and Dharmakaya is the fundamental, the fundamentally without any form. And so you're, you can actually see that. You can see that yourself. Yes. So what do you do with the Dharma? Mm, look at it. Unless it swings open, then step back. <laughs> you could look at it. It's a gate, so you could look at it like a gate. It'd be something that you would go through. That you would go through that might be, it might be your uh, morning uh, uh, depression. Um, I, and back in the 80s, I was uh, waking up with just before my eyes even uh, 
opened, I was just waking up with intense negativity, very, very negative, and, and, and had no, and I was pra trying to practice, but I, um, I wasn't able to talk to my teacher because he had thousands of students, and I was uh, nobody. So I, I used the, the four reminders, first contemplate the preciousness of being free and all favor and difficult to gain. Now I must do something meaningful. And I would, that's the first of the four reminders. I would say that over and over and over again before I opened my eyes. I would actually used a conceptual repetitive concept, an idea of way of, a way of getting me to just look at that difficulty. Didn't, didn't help. Still was depressed, but I highly recommend it. I highly recommend whatever negativity is happening to Dharma gate. That's your personal invitation to the Dharma, the negativity. More? I guess I'm wondering how we do that. If it feels like shit for longer. Or just, just repeating it. It's called practice. Sit a lot. How much do you sit? Wait a bit. Sit more. Go on. You were talking about resetting the four reminders. Yes. And if you felt like that intensity of shit. You say that doing something like that is distracting you from what you need to look at. So how do you know to do something like that or not? I just told you what I did. I know what you should do. More, yeah. What do you do? What do you do when you feel when you have difficulty? Different things. Always. We'll start doing one thing. What's that? Any other questions? It's the difference between attention and ignorance. No, same thing. If you understand it, it's the same thing. Uh, if I give my attention to this computer table or to you, uh, I'm ignoring everything else. So that's a, a re very relative way of saying it. Right now, I, if I give my attention to Windows 10, or writing down the criticisms of the talk. <laughs> uh, I'm ignoring my stomach, which is trying to digest the food I haven't eaten. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty good metaphors. <laughs> Let's see who's not smiling. <laughs> only only Kalan is not smiling. He's very stoic. Yes, go ahead. What's the difference between attention and awareness? So awareness, uh, there's different ways of talking about it, of course, but awareness is more all-pervasive. It's just the, the nature of space that, uh, that accommodates or welcomes uh, the, the, whatever arises in it, whether it's thoughts or objects or wind fire, earth, whatever's arising in the apparent space. And what was the other part? I'm serious. I have another question around that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't have to answer that. Is attention just an aspect of awareness? Yeah. yeah it's just a, as soon as, if there's just awareness, then you don't miss anything. But you don't get anything either. That's a misunderstanding. <laughs> if you think if you're just aware, you'll, you'll be kind of an, have an all-pervasive understanding of everything. Probably not. It feels more like being a dummy. Only don't know. There's a teaching uh, of several teachers. Uh, one, one I'm thinking of uses this. Uh, Sang Son, who passed away here not too long ago, I actually had a book uh, called Only Don't Know Mind. And he basically taught not knowing the same way uh, uh, Banke. Uh, Yotaku, I think is his from the 17th century Japan. He uh, taught uh, just, just stay in your Buddha mind. I think he taught it over and over and over again. And he taught it so much that pretty much he had thousands and thousands of people traipsing around Japan following him because he was because he was uh, charismatic. And he just had the same teaching over and over again. Just stay in your Buddha mind. Don't abandon anything. What? The teacher that wrote, when we don't know mind, do you think he ever thought he knew something? 
Yeah, sure you can't teach unless you are the same as what you're teaching. To become an expert at something, pretty hard to teach, at least this kind of a thing. It's like uh, in the, in the, was it uh, Suzuki Roshi said, in the beginning of uh, the expert's mind, the possibilities are few. In the beginner's mind, the possibilities are endless. Open An open dimension for someone who is a beginner. If, if you think you're getting somewhere, um, come and see me. Thank you so much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our blue chant books. I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. It depends on your generosity to help keep these teachings living. Thank you. Mahasattvas, the great Prashna Paramita.